Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Arthur Winter. <laughs> Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Ooh! <laughs> As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me, that that lovely little uh, soundbite in the beginning is, uh, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Pretend this is Andy Hart saying hello, because he yelled so loud during the initial recording that it clipped the audio so bad... That even Mr. Bunker couldn't fix it. Anyway, back to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Boy, I feel sorry for the sad sack who has to clean up the audio on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, good to see you. Hey, it's nice to be seen. Uh, Here we are once again in the bunker. Here we are. And uh, Andy, we got a... We got a fabulous little topic tonight, don't we? We got a sweet little topic. Bunker uh, hit us with a big one, the I, big old big one. This is one that everybody's going to love because it's got all the things that people like. It's got government cover-ups. Oh, okay. It's got extraterrestrials. <laughs> okay. It's got the state of Ohio. Uh, mm, well, it is sexy. Andy, what is it? What are we talking about today? We're talking about none other than Wright Patterson Air Force Base in beautiful, outside beautiful Dayton, Ohio. And the big thing about Wright Pat, as we will discover in our episode today, is that it supposedly houses not only aliens, but the debris and wreckage of their spacecrafts. And oh, there's secret technology, and even maybe ghosts. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily house ghosts, but it could. There are ghosts there. There could. We don't be know that there. these are government-created ghosts. We don't know where these ghosts are coming from. Uh, but let's but- not kill Hamlet in the first act. We'll get to all of this <laughs> in our research. Yeah, that's right. We're the Guildenstern and Rosencrantz of <laughs> podcasting. Boy, do we have a podcast for you, <laughs> you uh, little kings of Denmark. <laughs> There's something rotten in the state of Bunker, and uh, it's us. <laughs> yeah, we're rotten in the core. 
Listeners, if you don't want to harbor the slings and arrows of waiting any longer wow. for uh, to listen to this great episode, hey, if you, you don't can... want to, if you don't want to listen to this beginning part, that's right. I feel you. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Good God! Uh, you can skip <laughs> right on to the research. Just whatever podcasting app. Or website you use, <laughs> check the show notes. We got a little timestamp in there. That tramp stamp of this podcast That's right. right on the lower back of the show notes. That's right. Uh, you find that right at the top. Skip where you want to go. You can skip straight to the research. You can't miss it. But listeners, you know what? I, I implore you uh, to stick around for the ride. Because in this little intro segment, before we get to our research, before we give you what... Andy and I call the whole enchilada, a.k.a. the Bunker Promise. The, the Bunker, bunker Promise. Guarantee. The Bunker Guarantee <laughs> is that we will deliver to you our research completely uninterrupted from ads or our dumb tangents. Mm, oh, boy. <laughs> we save We're going to have to give a lot of refunds. <laughs> we save those for the third act, the discussion. But we deliver our research uninterrupted. For your enjoyment, so you can get all of it. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's the bunker guarantee. But first, we like to shoehorn in a stupid little gimmick. Methinks, perchance, the bit's the thing wherein we'll catch the conscience of the king. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a to be or not to be one, but it's just like, it's too on the nose. <laughs> well, okay. The uh, research is act 2A and the discussion is act 2B. Or not 2B. Um, Maybe it's 3. We like to talk about how Mr. Bunker, the titular Bunker, the illusionary mastermind, <clears throat> captures us every single week. And he always does it in some wild and wacky way. He is a he, wacky man. He's truly uh, remarkable. And um, now, Andy, you've had a bit of a rough morning <laughs> besides just Bunker. <laughs> I mean, but maybe Bunker was involved. Look, this is uh, he. I Maybe. Maybe. Uh, it all starts last night. Okay, last night. Um, Twas the night before. Uh, yes. Not Christmas. Yes. Uh, once <laughs> once upon a midnight dreary. <laughs> well, it was Andy wondered. about 5 p.m. 5 p.m. on a Saturday night. Uh, I was preparing to... The witching hour. And there were witches afoot. <laughs> I was preparing to... Enter my automobile to go to a little store I like to call Bed Bath and Beyond. Oh, the Great Beyond, because that's their name. That's right. Um, and Art, I, I stepped in dog poop, but I didn't realize it at the time. And is there anything worse? No, I mean, truly, it could just ruin your night. If I'm if I'm being honest, it's it's a it's a crime. Okay. Like it should be, people should be prosecuted. Andy, you were telling me a little bit about your, if you ran for mayor if of If I city. ran for mayor of Chicago, look, <laughs> I've, like in the winter, the snow melts and the sidewalk is like turd city. It, it and it's, and then in the- Listeners, s- listen, we're not trying to disparage anyone from turd city. Turd city. Turd city, Iowa is, is a, a great place. place. It's a fine place. Okay. Uh, head to- Turd City Downs and <laughs> bet on your favorite harness racer. Everybody, okay, 
you if you live in a city like this doesn't apply to people who don't live in cities i i don't think maybe yeah because if you have if you have a farm you have a yard you don't want you don't want to clean up your dog's crap i don't care yeah. But when you, it's a public space, it's a public sidewalk on these city public side. sidewalks, and there's not a lot of space. I mean, you know, no. you've got the apartment building goes right up to the curb, and then there's no space, and then it's you know the the tree line. And so in the winter, everything is a landmine. You right. got to constantly watch, and then in the summer, it's just lurking there in the grass, waiting for you to step in it. And and I, and we're not you know going to give a but. It, the part of Chicago where Andy lives is a dog haven. A dog haven, yeah. As in, you know, there's a lot of dogs everywhere, but there's a real dog haven where it's, you're at. It's yeah, it's it's lots of dogs. Lots of people it's have just dogs. an obnoxious amount of dogs. And, and I love dogs. I love dogs too. I mean, I have nothing against dogs. Right. I think dogs are great. But if you you we have a social contract. If you have a dog in the city. You owe it to your neighbors to clean up after them. That's right. That's being you, a good neighbor. You are in the wrong if you don't do that. That's right. And that's my opinion. And so bearing this out to my logical conclusion, first of all, uh, unattended feces is unhealthy for everybody in the community. It can – look, I have a small child. How easy is it to get dog crap in your mouth when you're a child? Pretty easy. That's not healthy. Um, uh, left feces. Andy is speaking from experience. I did eat cat poop as a child. <laughs> feces, and that's not even a joke. Feces <laughs> left out attracts rats. Rats are known to be unhealthy to human beings. Counterpoint, uh, very intelligent and loving animals. Sure, sure. But, but the alley- this is your platform. This is your time to speak. <laughs> These are not rats that have had their shots. Okay. okay? These are not cute little rats that'll bring me a clean axe. This is not Master Splinter. This is (laughs) Master Black Plague. I don't know. (laughs) My point is, this is a this is a like a senseless crime that somebody's committing. Okay, and you know, I mean, it's against city ordinance, sure, but. How does this person never has to like have justice served to them? You're Meanwhile, you're angry that they don't have to pay for their crimes. They I'll never know who it is. I never know the health condition of this dog. What if this dog has like canine AIDS or something? Like, th- well, it'll go really well with your feline AIDS that <laughs> yeah, you already have. Yeah, I'm going for a uh, a royal flush. <laughs> you'll you'll be flushed already. Uh, so, Andy, if you were mayor of the city, what would you? Here's my proposal: yeah. dog ownership is banned in the whole city, <laughs> inside the city limits. You are not allowed to own a dog, unless okay, few exceptions: service animals. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's and it. if you can, if you have a medical necessity that you have to have a dog, then I'm okay with it. Okay, but every other person, no, you're not allowed to have a dog. And you know what? To the people, I know. <laughs> I know the listeners are going to blow us up on this one. <laughs> Our Twitter gets so much activity. Oh, yeah. And this is going to be no different. I know what I know what people are going to say. They're going to say, well, this is unfair. This unnecessarily punishes everybody for a thing that a few people do. Right. I mean, Art, like I said, not everybody's a murderer, but murder's still illegal. <laughs> Nobody's like... You know what? Most people who murdered murder responsibly. There's no reason to have a law against it. <laughs> and uh Andy, you you I think you went a little step further 
in that you you said um Oh yeah, my original plan. Your original plan. Look, okay. For a uh, senior advisor on your one campaign. One of my one of my campaign advisors talked me out of this, <laughs> but my ori- the original draft of my plan was that uh if you were caught uh not picking up your animal's uh feces that your pet would be euthanized in front of you. <laughs> but I've since you know, that was that was a plan made in the heat of the moment. <laughs> And it's not fair to the yeah. animal. Outlawing all dogs is much more reasonable. The animals themselves are not the criminals here. It's human <laughs> beings that are the criminals. <laughs> wow. So, oh, but then man. I'm driving. The, I didn't notice it till I was driving, Art. So now the the poop's all smeared into my shoe. It's like oh, in the crevices God. of my shoe. It's in the crevices of the uh, both brake and accelerator pedal inside my car. There's a big wad of it. It's ground into the rug. God, how much shit did you fucking step in? I it was I don't know, probably a huge tourist. People have these big dogs and they don't clean up after them. Yeah, I guess you're right. If it was a chihuahua, it probably would have been fine. Yeah. Wow. But instead it's like some sort of mastiff yeah, crap mastiff. that I've stepped in. Like somebody who has a small horse. <laughs> Great Dane. So then I had to go. You know, I have like a I have like a toothbrush at home that I use to like. But you arrived at Bed Bath and Beyond with shit all over your shoe. What did you do? I scraped it off as best I could in the parking lot. Did you and just then, walk through the store? And then we had baby wipes in the car, so I used a baby wipe to wipe some of it off. But it was still all in the crevices. So then, yeah, I just washed my hands at the store and then kept going. I don't know what else I could do. Well, and I thought beyond I would have to, of Bed Bath and Beyond. I thought I would have to throw out the shoes, but Amanda cleaned them with her fingernails. Was the only way she could get it out. That's I tried to use one of those dental flossing tools, you know, with the pick. Even that, it like it wore out before I could get it all out. Do you guys have like a? I don't, you don't have like a hose or anything? Yeah, she used the hose on it. It still didn't get it all out. Jeez. We have a high powered diaper sprayer because we have we did cloth diapers. You throw it in the washing machine? Can you do that? I guess, yeah. Oh. Well, I'm sorry that you're... Well, now how do I get it out of the brake pedal is the thing. The toothbrush didn't do any good. I'm going to have to go out there... Listeners, if you out there are experts in dog shit and cleaning it up... I guess with a toothpick, I'll be... you're responsible dog owners, Hanging my ass out the side of the car with a toothpick. (laughs) Why is your ass out the side of the car? Because you got to... You got to bend. I'm bending, listeners. Oh. Because it's down low. You can't just like I had this there. image of you driving with your ass hanging out like in <laughs> no, fucking rat the race. Parked. The car's parked. <laughs> the car's parked at this point. That makes it better. Listeners, if you out there are experts in cleaning up dog shit, email us. <laughs> Mr. Booker We'd love to get your tips. I need them. At gmail.com. Let us know. Help out Andy. Hashtag help out Andy. Um, but Andy, so... Back to the matter at hand, how does this relate? Does it relate in any way to your being captured by Mr. Mooker? Or is this just the cherry on top of a shit Sunday? This is just just a maraschino cherry (laughs) on top of of my day. And, you know, this happened happened yesterday. I didn't get abducted until this morning. Yeah. Um, And it's a completely separate set of events. So, Art... You don't know this. The right. listeners, you don't know this. I've never Nobody knows this. I've never shared this with yeah. anybody outside of my family. 
Uh, I recently joined a, a local in my neighborhood, a treasure hunting club. Uh, and what we do is we go around the beaches in the city of Chicago. Chicago has a lot of lovely beaches. And uh, we go around to the beaches with a metal detector and we look for treasure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you don't find a whole lot, but. You find a lot of used needles and. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's obscure treasure. Maybe you do a little trash picking up. Help out yeah, the help not, out the I mean, society a little yeah, bit. I mean, it's it's volunteer work. Sure. OK. In a way. So you're walking around with your new nerd so, club. I met a lot of I met a lot of really great people in this club. I mean, I've been doing this over the summer. Yeah, met a lot of really great people. Uh, I've got some new friends from it. Okay, uh, some people that that are really nice. Uh, we have a really good time when we go out and we treasure hunt. Um, you know, like I said, we never really find anything, but sure, we enjoy each other's company. Yeah, it's not about it's about um, the journey. So you know, today we were supposed to. We were supposed to go to the beach for a club photo. Okay. Like we, you know, we had such a great summer. Time to cap it off. A nice group photo. Um, I'm the last one to arrive, you know. Uh, Naturally. I had a wild night, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And so I was running behind. I'm the last one to arrive. Everyone is already set up for the picture. So, like, oh, I'm wow. worried when I show up that they've already, like, taken it or that I'm going to, like, interrupt um, but they're, but I, they're not, I mean, I'm able to join into the group. Um, and it's, I then, you know, we're all posed there, like everybody's set up. Right. And then I realize um, there's no, there's no photographer and there's no camera. Oh. Um, then, okay. you know, it's like, I could I, be an I, iPhone photo. I came in last. So I'm like in the front. I mean, sure. I'm short too. So it makes sure. sense. Sure. And it's all of a sudden, all the group members, they just start like grabbing me and, and, and pinning me down. Um, and it turns out the whole group was bunker. Wait, what? Bunker was the whole treasure hunting club. How is, how is he the whole club? He was the whole club. Everybody in the club was him. Does he have cloning technology? Does he have... How can he possibly do this? I guess we were always in a group. I mean... You just never realized. It was like fishing wire or something that I never saw. Oh, my God. He was like that kayak... Those kayak commercials where the guys... Have you seen those kayak.com commercials? Those old ones from a couple years back? Yeah, that's where the guy... Where it's, <laughs> yeah, the dude's typing on like yeah, four different computers. That's like him. That's Bunker. Oh, my God. That's intricate. And to make it look convincing? And, you know... You know what gets me, Art? Like, okay. Wait, do you want me to answer that? The whole, is that rhetorical? The whole summer. This is rhetorical. The whole, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what gets me. The whole summer, we spent looking for treasure. Wow. We never found any treasure. And Bunker also was the friends I made along the way. Oh, my God. He was the he was the real treasure? He was the real treasure. He's trying to send you a message. Oh. I'm the treasure all along. Don't stray off the path, Andy. I mean, I was really disheartened by this. Wow. He broke your... He he captured you in one of the worst ways, but not through physical means, but through your heart. Yeah. I thought I had made some friends, and it turned out all to be a lie. Man. It just goes to show you, don't join a fucking treasure hunting club <laughs> who sucks. <laughs> and you didn't even find any treasure? I, he couldn't even give you some fool's gold? No. Or like I'm, a shark tooth? I mean, I assumed it was all real. The treasure hunting part. Dead body? 
I don't. Yeah, it wasn't like one of these reality TV shows, like where I'm buying a storage locker. <laughs> he planted stuff in the beach. Yeah, for me to find. Wow, Andy, that's that's terrible. It sucks, Art. Well, I'm very sorry. I mean, I guess I didn't have to like. You know, get dirty or smell bad or anything on the way here. So I guess that's something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of did that to yourself. What? I By stepping my, in dog crap. I didn't. Look, it wasn't that I wanted to step in it. Well, okay. Well, I'm not convinced. I didn't want to step Plausible in Plausible minus. It. Listeners, <laughs> I did not want to stop in the dog, step in the dog poop. I never want to step in it. I'm vehemently anti-dog poop, and I think that my stance in my election campaign made that clear. <laughs> um, wow, Andy, I, I, I'm sorry that you didn't find any treasure. And similar to me, I didn't find any treats. Oh. Because the way Bunker got me this week is a little, well, it's a little embarrassing. And um, it's a little sweet. But it turned a little sour. Um, you know what I'm saying? Sour Patch Kids? No. Oh. No, not a fan. Um, oh. They're all right. Mm. Andy, are you familiar with New Orleans cooking? Oh, boy. You know I love it. Am I ever. You know this about me, but the listeners don't know this, is that I went through a Cajun phase that some might say I'm still in. I love Cajun food. <laughs> Cajun cooking, New Orleans cooking. I would love to go to New Orleans one day. Nolens, however you say it. I'm going to say New Orleans. Listeners, Art and I, true story, we were in a restaurant one time and Art was reading the menu and he goes, ooh, what's this? Andoville sausage? What's that? <laughs> hey, listen, if the scripts are any <laughs> are any proof, I don't, I don't know how to read very well. <laughs> reading comprehension and uh, not my best. <laughs> not even comprehension, just yeah. reading letters generally. Right. Yeah, just the execution of it in general. <laughs> Um, Andeville sausage, love, love that Andy sausage, love a gumbo. Uh-huh. I love a po' boy. I love, um, I've never had crawdads, but I try them. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Um, but there's another piece of the New Orleans cooking thing besides the Holy Trinity. Oops, dropped my phone. Um, and that is the beignet. Oh. Now, the beignet is kind of like a French donut, right? It's, yeah. For those of you who are unfamiliar. It's basically a fried wad of dough. Yeah, and it's sweet, normally covered in powdered sugar. And um, now, I heard a knocking at my door, and I, you know, I said, oh boy, what's this going to be? Hey, hey, hey. And so, you know, I'm expecting a couple packages, so I thought, it's my packages. Mm-hmm. And I open the door, and what do I see? A delicious plate of beignets right in front of me. And I'm thinking, nice. I didn't order these. But, you know, maybe it was one of my neighbors. Maybe they dropped off some beignets. Yeah. Maybe it was a fan of the show. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not opposed to trying random treats left out on the street. Yeah. I mean, we all trust each other during Halloween. That's just how I was raised. Now, okay, there's this delicious plate of beignets just sitting in front of me. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to bring these inside. Yeah. And now, as I'm trying to pick up the beignets off the ground, Andy, they won't. They're like, it's like attached to my stoop. 
in a way that I can't can't pull them off. Yeah, like it, like it was welded or, or cemented to to the so, ground. So there's no elasticity here. It's just like it's, it's a plate of it's just a plate on the ground that can't be moved at all. So I'm trying to move, it, and then I'm thinking, well, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this. I, I don't know. I don't care. I just want those beignets in my mouth right now because I'm such a freak for New Orleans cooking. <laughs> yeah, like So I try to pick up the beignets. Same thing. They're all welded together. Are they hard? Yeah, they're like a hard, it's almost like a hard plastic so mold. So this is more like an art piece rather than... Yeah, that. you're telling me? <laughs> That's my name? And all of a sudden, Andy, a little tube spurts out of the top of this uh, structure of beignets. How big a tube? Um, Kind of like in Austin Powers when the boob robots oh, no. show a little, like they're, the guns come out of... Uh, yeah. What was that model's name? She was like the most searched woman on the internet in 2002. She was in that movie. Christy Brinkley. Uh, <laughs> now, you might be thinking I know that. I know that because I love Guinness Book of World Records, not because I necessarily love Austin Bowers. You love Christy Brinkley. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, She was married to Billy Joel, wasn't she? All right. Well, now we got to look it up. Here we go. Was it Christy Brinkley? Uh... I think it was her, Peter Cook. More Cook. Yep, she was married to Billy Joel for almost for over almost ten years. Um. Anyway, well, hang on. Now I gotta look up and see if she was actually in that movie. I'm not sure that it was Christy Brinkley. Oh fuck! I don't think it was. Um. All right. Whoever played the fembots in uh, Austin Powers, Christy Brinkley was one of the most downloaded. Images on the internet in 2002. Anyway, Andy, back to the story. This little tube comes out and it starts squirting hot dough all over me. I get covered in dough. Oh. I'm thinking, don't know. Cindy Margolis? Cindy Margolis. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah, it was Cindy Margolis. She might have been the most downloaded. I don't know. Whatever. I might cut that whole section out just to make me not look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> After I said I loved Guinness Book of World Records, then I got the record wrong. Maybe it was Christy Brinkley. I don't want to look like an idiot. Anyway, I got covered in hot dough. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, don't know. I'm being covered in dough. Oh, God. And all of a sudden. Hot just, dough? Hot dough. From the <laughs> hot, hot, hot dough? Hot dough. Like It was hot dough. Hot liquid dough? It was hot dough. How hot? A hot dough. <laughs> Like what a male deer might say when he's looking to me. That's a hot dough. Anyway, I get covered in powdered sugar from the ceiling and I'm thinking, ah, bunker turned me into a beignet. And it was, I'm, you know what I was thinking, Andy? I wasn't thinking beignet. I was thinking beignet. Oh, boy. So then he takes me. Then he takes me, Andy. Oh. And he, and he puts me in a giant deep fryer. Wait, and he fries me alive. He fried you alive. He fried me alive. But the dough protected me. But I was encased in a beignet. I was stuck inside of this. None, like, this, none of the hot no. searing oil got in past the, the dough, dough. I was literally covered in dough and powdered sugar, which you're supposed to put on last. I don't know what he was doing. So he he fries he's me have alive. To change that oil. Yeah, he's gonna have to change that oil for sure. He fries me alive and then repowders me. And I was just encased in this large beignet. Jesus I'm thinking beignet. Beignet. 
<laughs> not beignet, beignet. Beignet. And then he uh and then he just cut me open and brought me here. He didn't I mean he couldn't have even, you know, give us some of the beignet you to didn't share. get to enjoy any of the beignet. No. And I know you would have liked some beignet. Oh, I love beignet. Yeah, some art flavored beignet. Yeah, give beignet. me give me any kind of fried dough. Oh yeah. Anyway, Man. that was me. A sticky situation. <laughs> to be sure. Yeah. So, boy, you see what I'm saying when it started sweet and turned sour, am I right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> listeners, that is how <laughs> Mr. Bunker captured Jeez. Andy and I this week. He was he was elaborate this week. He was busy this week. Yeah. He was busy. Yeah, he was not messing around this week. And that's because we have such a great topic. Yeah. Uh, one of the cornerstones of any conspiracy or paranormal podcast worth its fucking salt is the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And listeners, get ready for takeoff because we're going to Dayton, Ohio right now. Fasten your seatbelts. course of repeatedly being abducted by Mr. Bunker. Yeah. We've covered a variety of topics in conspiracy, crime, supernatural, etc. In your opinion, what's the biggest conspiracy we've covered so far? Um, I got to say it's JFK. I think we said it on the episode. We said it best. Uh it was our magnum opus. Um <laughs> We peaked early. Uh, uh, I I think that's the biggest one. It was one of the biggest ones in the 60s when it started. People still talk about it. Yeah. It was that generation's um, national tragedy that they can all say, where were you when you found found out the news that Kennedy was assassinated? And and pretty much immediately people were pretty skeptical of it. And people have been talking about it ever since. It's referenced in countless pieces of media where – Today's topic, right, right, Pat, might be as well, but not as much. I think uh, Roswell is a big one that's been, you know, you see like Roswell is like a funny trope that you see, but you see a lot of Zapruder film tropes, Kennedy tropes, second shooter tropes, grassy knoll. These are all terms that people can throw around and pretty easily, like I'd, I'd wager a guess that a bulk of the population uh, knows what they mean. Yeah, you know, I I I have to agree with you. I think that uh, JFK, we said, is probably like the granddaddy of modern conspiracy theories, um, and it's a huge cu- cultural touchstone. Yeah, um, it's a good but, way to put it. But Art, there's one topic that really has yet to be covered in depth by us. Okay, uh, one topic that's practically oozing conspiracy or cover-up and jfk may be the biggest conspiracy of the past this is one that potentially has the largest impact on the future development of human civilization okay you teased it a little bit i teased it i speak of course of aliens aliens baby 
what a what a, a great film, the sequel to The Great Alien, and really underappreciated sound editing, uh, sound effects editing, for which Andy, it won an Oscar, by the way. No, no, art, art. It's no, not the film that I've never seen. Oh, I'm speaking about extraterrestrials, visitors from outer space. Now, Art, the existence of intelligent extraterrestrial life forms has allegedly been known for a long time. Some even claim that ancient humans were visited by extraterrestrials who shaped our culture and religion. There are even those who say humans were created by extraterrestrials. Well, you know, Andy, humans throughout history have, uh, though, though, have related tales of strange lights in the sky and unusual events on the Earth. That's leading many to believe that we're not alone in the universe. While evidence continues to accumulate and be investigated, conclusions are few. Are world governments conspiring to suppress knowledge of extraterrestrial visitation? Art. Andy. Let's assume that widespread government conspiracy to obfuscate the truth about extraterrestrials is an orange. Ah, like, like the, the color. Fruit. Like the fruit. Oh, okay. Like the fruit. Think of it like an orange. <laughs> Today, we're going to be eating one segment of that orange. It's just one? But don't worry. We're going to give add the listeners the whole enchilada on this orange segment. It's going to be a citrus-flavored enchilada. Oh, you're getting your vitamin C today. <laughs> vitamin conspiracy. Uh, as we've mentioned, today's topic is the secrets of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Andy, you're a well-documented Ohioan. Yes, I have papers. <laughs> then you surely know that Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is located outside Dayton, Ohio. Andy, have you ever been... To Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Actually, Art, I have oh boy. been to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. I, in fact, I visited the National Museum of the United States Air Force as a supple young boy. I, I realize, though, that not all of our listeners, or even you for that matter, yeah. uh, have had the good fortune of being Ohio-born and bred. All right. uh, so allow me to give everyone a bit of information about the history of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which, henceforth... We shall call Wright Pat. That's so much easier do, to say. As the locals do. Uh, Wright Pat had humble but nonetheless historic beginnings. The name Wright comes from none other than the Wright Brothers, Dayton's pair of flying aces who somewhat famously invented, built, and flew the world's first successful airplane. The legendary first flight happened near Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, not in Ohio. Uh, after making history, though, the Wrights returned to Dayton and needed a place to continue their flight experiments. Local Daytonian, don't call them Daytonites, uh, local Daytonian Torrance, Huff, Terrence Huff, Torrance Huffman, sorry, let the Wright bros use his pasture. The pasture was known as Huffman Prairie after the titular Torrance Huffman. The Wright bros used the land to test their Wright Flyer 3 and... Later, the land became home to the Wright School of Aviation. Then the government gets involved. Mm. Huffman Prairie area land uh, transfers to the United States uh, beginning during World War One, or as I like to call it, World War Two: The Phantom Menace. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Hey, 
<laughs> a, uh, a metaphor that makes complete sense to only me. The U.S. gathered enough land to establish Wilbur Wright Field in May of 1917. McCook Field was established in uh, November of 1917, and both of these airfields were operated by the Army Air Service, which is a predecessor of the U.S. Air Force. Even after the feds took over, Wright and McCook fields continued to be important centers for flight knowledge. In fact, after World War I, 347 German aircraft were brought back to the USA, some bound for McCook's McCook Fields Engineering Division for technical preservation. You know, Art, some of those planes ended up in the Army Aeronautical Museum, which was later renamed the National Museum of the United States Air Force, which is the same museum I previously mentioned visiting. Well, I guess that brings us full circle then, doesn't it, Andy? That's the story of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and thank you for listening. No, Art! Wait! What? There's plenty more tasty enchilada to deliver to the listeners. Oh! Uh, juicy morsels, such as. <laughs> Between uh, World Wars One and Two, Wright and McCook Fields carried out test flights and research. The point we're trying to make here is the facilities that eventually became Wright-Pat had a pedigree of technical expertise and advanced knowledge. This is likely why captured German and Japanese aircraft began making their way to the Wright-Pat area in 1943. Wright-Pat engineers reconstructed a German pulse jet engine, the same one used on V-1 rockets, in 1944. During the war, the best-named military operation that I'm aware of, (laughs) Operation Lusty, brought 86 German aircraft to Wright-Pat. Art, listeners, just so you know... Lusty, in the context of the operation at least, is an acronym. We love acronyms on this podcast. Uh, It's an acronym for Luftwaffe Secret Technology. Lusty. Uh, Then after World War II, the, uh, as far as I'm aware, non-acronym related Operation Paperclip, uh, the Pokemon-style operation aimed at capturing German scientists, then bringing their talents to the USA, uh, brought German scientific minds to Wright-Pat. Gotta catch them all. Listeners, we've established that Wright-Pat was home to expert scientific and engineering minds. So, maybe it's not so surprising that Wright-Pat also became home to Air Force Projects, Sign, Grudge, and Blue Book. <laughs> Our savvier listeners may recognize these projects as those launched by the Air Force to drum roll, please. <laughs> Investigate UFOs. <gasps> That's right, listeners. Now we're in deep. Project Sign was started in 1947 in the wake of the Roswell UFO incident to investigate UFO experiences. While Sign ended in 1949, Project's Grudge and eventually Blue Book took its place, with essentially the same goal. But hold on, what's the Roswell UFO incident, you might be asking? Allow me to explain. The Roswell UFO incident is a somewhat famous occurrence in Lincoln County, New Mexico, where a rancher found a brunch, bunch of uh, brunch, he found a brunch of uh, <laughs> debris brunch on his brunch. ranch. The military got involved from nearby Roswell Army Airfield and after collecting and inspecting the debris, initially reported the crash of a flying disc on the ranch. Some eyewitnesses even reported seeing small bodies transported from the crash site. Now, listeners, there's a lot more to talk about Roswell, but 
That's not what we're here to do today. If Mr. Bunker so wills it, or if you, the listeners, want to hear us talk about mm-hmm. it, we will one day cover Roswell in depth. Today's story, though, is all about Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Yes, and at first, Roswell and Wright-Pat might seem only connected through Project Sign. But that's not all. You see, the wreckage from Roswell was transported to Wright-Pat. Uh, though, uh, though, uh, Roswell Army Airfield reported a flying disc, uh, they really weren't sure what they had exactly, what had crashed. So they sent it to the experts at Wright Pat. Some folks believe that bodies recovered from the Roswell crash were also shipped to Wright Pat. This wreckage plus the bodies were allegedly stored in Hangar 18 at Wright Pat. Hangar 18 was, of course, made famous by Megadeth on their 1990 album, Rust in Peace. Yeah. You know it. Yep. You love it. Um, One thing, though, there never actually was a Hangar 18 at Wright Pat. Now, I already hear you from the future, listeners. Yes, the official Wright Pat position is that Hangar 18 never existed, but... Stick with me here. Even at least one believer disputes that Hangar 18 existed. Ray Szymanski is a paranormal researcher, author of the book, 50 Shades of Grays, Evidence of Extraterrestrial Visitation to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and Beyond, and a former Wright-Pat employee. Even Ray Szymanski agrees that Hangar 18 never existed. He says the wreckage that was found at Roswell was a lot of small pieces it wouldn't require a hangar for storage. Also, you don't store bodies in a hangar. Think of the smell. Art, those things are going to rot. You store them in a hangar? Hey, you're telling me. Come on. That's base body storage 101. Don't put them in a hangar. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, Ray uh, Samansky thinks of Hangar 18 uh, as just a specific name for the more generic meaning of any place that stores secret stuff at right pat uh so it's like a catch-all basically for any place they're keeping secrets um but if hangar 18 doesn't exist does any of the secret stuff actually exist well let's consider this anecdote former u.s senator and presidential candidate barry goldwater once asked u.s air force general curtis lemay if lemay would show him the room at right pat where all the extraterrestrial stuff was i mean Goldwater says the secret stuff, but I think that's what he's getting at. According to Goldwater, LeMay cusses him out and told him never to ask him that question again. And according to Goldwater, LeMay was not the type to get angry. Um, so think about that. A quick historical detour while you're thinking about that. Uh, Curtis LeMay was born in Columbus, Ohio, graduated from Ohio State University. The my Ohio alma, State my University. My alma mater. The Ohio State okay. University. Okay. All right, I get it. Right? It's in the name, sure. Does that? All right. Art's <laughs> going to get his the shirt. Uh, it's trademarked. Curtis LeMay, born in Columbus, graduated from Ohio State, also during World War II, instituted the nighttime incendiary bombings of mainland Japan uh, that killed an estimated 500,000 civilians. Uh, also to note, he was segregationist George Wallace's running mate during the 1968 election. Wow, thanks for that, but now back to the topic at hand. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fun little detour Fun there. little history detour. Mm-hmm. What did Wright-Pat ultimately uh, decide about the wreckage recovered from the Roswell crash? Well, the base determined that the Roswell wreckage was that of a spy balloon, part of a top-secret project called Project Mogul. And no, this is not P. Diddy. <laughs> what exactly was Project Mogul? I'm glad you asked, listeners, in your brains. Project Mogul was active from 1947 to 1949 and was part of a larger, not-so-secret project to develop stable-altitude balloons. The idea behind uh, Project Mogul was to develop high-altitude balloons that were equipped with microphones to detect Soviet nuclear test activity. Eventually, the project made use of huge uh, polyethylene balloons, but... At first, Andy just made a very surprised face like that I pronounced that correctly on the first try. But at first... Turn into leaf. (laughs) Balloons were clustered rubber weather balloons with radar reflectors attached. All the pieces and parts together made a balloon train that could stretch over 600 feet. For reference, the Seattle Space Needle is about 600 feet tall. These are huge balloons. We got a Space Needle's worth of balloons. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to take one strong clown. For those of you familiar with Roswell, you might be saying, wait, I thought the Air Force determined that the Roswell crash was a weather balloon. I've never heard of Project Mogul. This podcast is garbage. Oh, listeners. You're not wrong, but listeners, please (laughs) don't be so hasty. Allow Andy and I to explain. The Air Force did, in fact, attribute uh, the Roswell crash to an ordinary weather balloon. However... Project Mogul was a top-secret project, and the government didn't want to risk making it public. So, they said it was a weather balloon to kill the story, which, you know, to their credit, worked initially. Years later, though, Roswell became a popular topic again, and eventually people started asking the Air Force if it was telling the truth. The Air Force investigated its response to Roswell and finally admitted that the collected debris were those of the downed mogul balloons. Despite this additional uh, disclosure, there are still those that say that Wright-Pat is hiding something. Consider the story of June Crane, a Wright-Pat employee in the late 1940s and early 1950s. June claims that deceased extraterrestrial bodies were brought to Wright-Pat following a UFO crash. She claims to have held a metal sheet that could be crumpled like paper, but when released, returned to its original shape, which she was not able to cut with scissors. She also recalls base personnel laughing it up when the Air Force said UFOs were weather balloons. Now, to be fair, not everyone thinks that June's testimony is so believable. She claims to have uh, been at the base following three UFO crashes. Her Her verifiable employment history, though, is... Well, it's a little bit spotty, and not all the dates match up with known crashes, including Roswell. That said, there are others who claim to have seen extraterrestrial bodies at the base at wright Pat, Including in cryogenic chambers in an underground vault beneath the base. Art. Dun-dun-dun. Did you know that there is an extensive network of tunnels underneath Dayton's own Wright State University? I wasn't even aware of the, the existence of Wright State University. <laughs> well, now you are. Wright State sits on land originally donated by the Air Force from excess land at Wright-Pat. 
interesting that all this land donated from Wright Pat has a bunch of tunnels connecting the buildings, is it not? Mm. Uh, is there a similar network of tunnels connecting the buildings at Wright Pat? Solid proof is hard to find, but Ray Szymanski says he's seen them. Uh, except for the cryogenic chambers. He didn't see those. Uh, considering that, were the tunnels under Wright State remnants from a separate military facility that the Air Force didn't need any longer? Wright State says its tunnels were built to support electrical systems for its early buildings, and since then, the tunnels have been opened up to students, faculty, and staff for uh, convenience of travel between buildings. You know, is it possible that the Air Force made off with some of that sweet alien tech in all of this, Andy? Um, Well, you know, I think it's worth mentioning uh, at this point, given that question, Art, that during the Cold War, the Air Force ran a project known as Moondust, uh, the goal of Project Moondust was essentially to capture any crashed space technology and study its technical aspects. Some people believe that Wright Pat may have used the information gathered in such a project to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology. Wee! That's what I'm talking about, Andy. Wow, you are into Cajun <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I tell you, I love Andeville sausage. <laughs> Uh, in fact, there are multiple accounts from Wright Pat employees who claim to have seen flying saucers or other alien type craft on base at Wright Pat. Let's not forget the UFO sighting near the base, which people said, which people said appeared to be going toward the base itself. We already know that Wright Pat had the capabilities of engineering the technologies of other countries, a la the V1 engine. So why not alien technology? Obviously, listeners, alien technology has never been confirmed, though. And these are strictly just stories at this point. But who knows? Maybe it's true. Who knows? There have been a lot of weird things that happen at Wright Pat. Including ghosts. (laughs) Yes, listeners, Wright Pat has been the subject of several terrifying ghost hunting TV shows, all thanks to a number of accounts from people who've experienced something paranormal there. These aren't extraterrestrials, but is there some type of energy at Wright Pat that draws people in even from beyond the grave? We sure have covered a lot of ground today, Andy, and uh, learned a lot about Wright Patterson Air Force Base in the process. You are correct, Art, but I think we need to learn a little more about Megadeth. (laughs) So let's leave the listeners with these lyrics from the aforementioned hit song, Hangar 18. Welcome to our fortress tall. Take some time to show you round. Impossible to break these walls, for you see the steel is much too strong. Computer banks to rule the world, instruments to sight the stars. Possibly, I've seen too much. Hangar 18, I know too much. Foreign life forms inventory, suspended state of cryogenics, selective amnesia's the story. Believed foretold, but who'd suspect? The military intelligence. Two words combined that can't make sense. Possibly I've seen too much. Hangar 18. I know too much. Thank you.
Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art. I'm here with Andy. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Hey, uh, we just really quick wanted to say thank you for listening. We appreciate that you take time out of your day and spend it with us. And if you feel so inclined, all we ask is that if you're enjoying the show, maybe share it with a friend. Tell your friends. Have them take a take a listen. Maybe they'll enjoy it too. Anyway, Shh, spread the love. Spread the love and let's get back to the show. Catch you later. Welcome back, listeners. That was our research of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. That's the sound of a jet. <laughs> You know, fitting, Andy, that we are discussing this Air Force base today because the Air and Water Show is taking place here in lovely Chicago land. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you did, but I definitely heard it all throughout the work week. The The Blue Angels were practicing all it, week. They were. In fact, um, on uh, one day I was on the Green Line train. That's right. Um, heading into the loop and... Saw the Blue Angels fly right by. For those of you who are not familiar, the Blue Angels are a, uh, they're like the U.S. US Navy, like Air Force trick flying team, but they're not like, they're they're kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters for fighter jets, but I think they're a lot more, it's like a military decoration more than like a fun show, maybe. Right. Um, You obviously have to be like stupidly skilled to do what they do. They do uh, insane flying stunts going at faster than the Mach 1, faster than the speed of sound. Um, in fact, when I saw one of the jets, I was standing on the street corner with a bag of potbellies uh, waiting to go back to my office to eat my lunch. Potbellies is a sandwich, Jay. Wait, what? Were you waiting at a, like... Traffic light yeah. or okay, okay. I was just waiting on the corner you know, just eating like, my sandwich. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just loitering in the sidewalk. And I look up and it's so fucking cool if you've never seen it. I would never pay to go to the air. It's free. It's free, but I would never like I would never go. It's too many people. Way I, too many people and it's way too hot out. But I was looking up and I see you see, like if you've never seen it happen, it's so cool. You see the jet fly by and then you hear the sound. Because they're traveling faster than the speed of or the speed of light, traveling faster. No, than whoa! The, wait, what? Than the speed of sound. So it's like you see the jet and it's silence, and then like half a second later, you hear this crack and this whoosh, and the crack and the whoosh of their jet engines are reverberating off all the skyscrapers. It's it was really fucking cool. Also, the jet was flying upside down and doing like this gnarly turn through the air. Uh, really cool to see while I was uh, about to go eat my lunch. Yeah. So I creamed my pants, and then I went and I had my chicken salad with bacon. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes. The classic combo. Yeah. Um, okay, but Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. You know, Wright-Pat probably has something to do with the air and water show, because Wright-Pat is home, is the, like, logistics hub of the entire Air Force. Like, the ma- air, the material division sits there. Oh, wow. The leadership. So they're responsible for, like, the movement of material and ordnance and personnel all throughout the uh, world wow on behalf of the air force well listeners if you've ever wanted uh ohio facts andy's your guy to go to mm-hmm. um all right andy so where do you want to start with wright patterson air Art, force Base? um i want to start here with you um 
Like, obviously, obviously, this is um, Wright Patterson Air Force Base is. We're mainly talking about it in the context of like extraterrestrials, sure, sure, government sure. cover up. Yeah, um, you know, it's talking about aliens. What's uh, you know, you ask me this a lot. Um, blanket thoughts. Um, uh, before we dive in, what's your kickoff? You know. I I definitely think it's highly plausible that extraterrestrials exist uh, just because of the sheer magnitude of this universe that we're floating through. The math of it almost means there's you know, just no way we're the only fucking intelligent creatures. Let, let there's got to be someone let me, else. Let me say this. Go ahead and say it. We know with absolute certainty that extraterrestrial life exists. Right, they might not be grays or blues or greens. We don't know about intelligent extraterrestrial yeah, life. We like, know that it like exists. we understand it exactly. Um, so when I think about aliens, you know, could they be visiting us? Maybe. The thing that always gets me is, um, and this might sound a little dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> that's never stopped you before. These aliens, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do want, I want to say this. Were those gray aliens that they saw, or are they just the kind of malnourished sickos who enjoy Skyline Chili? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Were they operating on grays, or were they operating on somebody who had too much Skyline Chili? He's only had a five-way <laughs> every day for right. the last 45 years. I'm joking. I've never gotten to try Skyline Chili. I look forward to trying it someday. Art's mad because we were in Cincinnati once and I wouldn't, the improv let him, festival. I wouldn't let him try it. You wouldn't let me try because you and your wife don't like it. But um, that's okay. Anyway, alien tech. Okay, they have this amazing tech that's so much more advanced than us. Why are they always crashing? <laughs> that's, I mean, maybe that's <laughs> dumb. Yeah. But there's so, like... You know, we talked about this June Crane character, and and she says, "Oh, they have this incredible aircraft made of this structure that can be crumpled like paper, but uh, when released, it uh, reholds its shape, and you can't cut it with scissors." Okay, why are they crashing? Why are they crashing to Earth's surface? What about these highly intelligent life forms is making them? Are they drunk? Are they? Are these the? Are these the lowest? Aliens on the totem pole? Are these like teenage aliens out for a teenage joyride? And they're, uh, you know, like you've talked about this before. The the District Nine, yes, um, hypothesis. But that is like they're refugees, and they come down, and they're you know they're the sickly workers of yeah. their alien race who have been exiled, uh, or they're seeking refuge. I can't exactly remember what it was. Um, why, like? They're always like, I don't know. It, and you could just say like, well, they just happened to crash. It just happened. They're not used to our atmosphere or something. But I just find it hard to believe that highly intelligent life forms aren't first like scoping out everything about our planet and then like fucking around with the place here and then leaving. You, you I am much more <laughs> easily convinced that there's something involving like government spying tech uh Something like, and that's why they're like, oh, it's a weather balloon. They, they'd rather you believe it's a UFO or an alien than uh, understand that it was probably some sort of device used to spy. <laughs> I think you bring up a good point here, and I kind of want to piggyback on this, is that yeah. 
like one thing that we know for sure, we can we can pretty much say with a, like a high degree of certainty is that in like reasonable proximity to our planet, there aren't other spacefaring civilizations because surely we would be able to detect something at this point for sure because these civilizations theoretically would be of a similar age to ours so you know if anything they might be a little more advanced than us so we, we talked about the Kardashev scale on right. our um our well, yeah, we might, void you know, episode. If, if if something, you know, depending on how the planet developed, like obviously hum, humanity's not not that old. If if the dinosaurs had evolved to be like us, you know, with consciousness and and stuff, like who knows? Maybe they could have been in space a long time ago, which is freaking scary and cool as hell. Uh, a T Rex riding in a fucking spaceship, dude. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Space truck and T-Rex. Commander T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, a space truck and T-Rex. Yeah, truck, trucker Rex. Yeah. <laughs> space trucker Rex. I got these tiny arms. Um, but my point is, we don't really have any indication that in the general vicinity of our planet that there's any other intelligent life. Right. Um, which means that intelligent life that does exist has to be a long way away from us. Which means that the further away from us you get, the greater the technical expertise right. you would need. I mean, we could travel to the Andromeda galaxy. I mean, the crew would not survive because <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't have supplies. Like yeah. we don't have. I mean, we don't have the technology, but and it would take forever to get. You would there. need a crew reproducing and then raising that offspring on board. Because what Andromeda like, is like four light years away from our gal from Earth, yeah, right? something like that. So it's like I mean, we could get there. Um, but I mean, it would take a really long time and you know, like you said, the, the crew would have to just be, you'd have to just be keep reproducing <laughs> to keep the, keep the ship. Sign going. me up. Yeah, you know what right? I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, NASA, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up. Uh, but I mean, so like getting further away, it just needs more, you need more technical expertise. I mean, you start to get further away than that and you're going like, this would take too long. Like there's no way. You could never supply a ship like we have right. with enough supplies because it would have to be like an an uncalculable amount of like supplies. So their tech would have to be so advanced that like I'm just not convinced that they're crash landing. That's, the th that's yeah. <laughs> I mean it's like why are they crashing? Yeah. I mean I'm not saying that sure things would I mean, happen, but I have to yeah. agree with you like this is we're talking about um, a, a civilization that has um, real technological bona fides at this point. Yeah. You know, like why, how would they be so careless? And, and then they can't clean it up. Like they sent one <laughs> ship. Like there's not even a second ship to like, in case something goes wrong like a with scout the other ship. One. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it, and it just seems, I, I don't know. It seems irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> Aliens, you're better than that. But I'll say this, Roswell is kind of the, the genesis of this. Right. You know, Roswell was like like one of the first. I mean, there was there was um like a UFO sighting before Roswell that was kind of like got the government's interest. And then Roswell was like the big one. Right. Uh, because it got in the public. Um, and they said it was a UFO and they said things about it being a weather balloon. And, yeah. You know, they changed the story a bunch. Yeah. 
you know, and I think the government's concern right. at the time, the reason for the investigation, I mean, what a lot of people jump to is that it's suppression, that they want to suppress knowledge of alien extraterrestrials right? because they don't think that civilization's ready for it. Because They're half they, right. You know, it's like our government would collapse if people knew. But I think the concern that they really had is that this is some kind of like Soviet technology. Oh, for sure. That's why because, they're half right. They're because trying to they suppress. were trying to do the same thing to the Soviets. <laughs> yeah. So they're worried that the Soviets are also doing this, but further along and have stuff in our country already. Yeah. And they don't want to look like, we've, we've mentioned it before on previous episodes, for example, our Stanley Kubrick episode, that uh, America likes to have the biggest dick in the fucking urinal party. <laughs> That's why we have Florida. <laughs> The flaccid wang of America. <laughs> um, you know, we we don't like that's that's not how that's what really would cause public unrest is that, oh, wow, our country is weak as fuck and the Soviets are beating us at everything. Yeah. Like not fucking aliens. They don't give a shit if we like if they really cared about us talking about aliens. I don't think the government would allow you to talk about aliens. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, you know, you mentioned June, June Crane. Um, there wouldn't the, be like a million podcasts of things about and movies and stuff about aliens. Yeah. I mean, and just put the kibosh on it. One of the things that June Crane said was that uh, there was a memo that went around after the bodies allegedly arrived <laughs> that like somebody was spreading a rumor about bodies being on the base. Right. And that if people continued to spread it, that they would be like, they would could lose their job and be fined and go to jail for twenty years. <laughs> and I read, I read something that was like kind of, kind of like disputing that a little bit, saying like, a rumor isn't against the law. Like if it's a rumor, nobody's done anything wrong. They can't like put you in jail because you repeated a rumor. So I don't know. It's it's like it's one of those things where it's like if they really, like you said, if they really didn't want you to talk about it, they probably like passed some law that. Made it yeah. illegal to spread rumors like that. And well, then they put and then you in jail. they don't. They probably didn't want rumors spreading because they didn't want people being like, if there were bodies, are they bodies of Soviet soldiers? Or are they who? Who are these bodies? You the, know what I'm saying? The bodies thing is pretty heavily disputed. Yeah, because it's one of those things that, um, it's like at the time there's no, I mean there's no nothing. You know, it's like all speculative. Like people say, oh, I thought I saw this and. You know, Roswell's one of those things that it died pretty quickly. Right. Um, in the press, the Air Force came out and said it was a weather balloon and people kind of stopped caring about it right away um, because it looked like a weather balloon. Which is bullshit because we should all care about the weather. Yeah. As I mean, much as I do. Americans, come on. I love talking about the you weather. You know, this is why we're in this global warming fix we are now <laughs> is because people in the 1940s heard a weather balloon and went, oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Jeez. Anyway, anyway, uh, the bodies thing is pretty <laughs> disputed, and yeah. with Roswell, like I said, it died away for a while, and then it comes back. People start to like twenty years later, they start to go like, hmm, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up, and it's like then all of a sudden there's like more like testimonies and stuff. So, uh, one thing that hits me about a lot of this is that a lot of the eyewitness accounts and stuff are being delivered either like from a deathbed or like years after the fact. So. It's I look, we talked about this with the Mandela effect. 
even information that you get after you already create a memory can change your memory. Right. Your memory doesn't get set in stone. Right. Are these, you know, nobody's evaluating these claims and saying like, is this person actually remembering this correctly? Right. So, I, I mean, I'm, yes, listeners, I'm a skeptic. Sure. I think that, I would like to see aliens. I think aliens would be cool. Yeah. And that's, you know, these, these eyewitness accounts are sure interesting. Oh yeah. And like, it'd be, it'd be interesting to know, but you know, I think probably at the end of the day, we won't know for sure because it's like secret government stuff. Right. Like, that that was the whole on. thing with that stealth bomber, right? The one yeah. that looks like a big triangle that they don't <laughs> use anymore. Yeah. Um, They were like developing that thing. Yeah. And it's like, they can't, they don't, you know, they have all these secrets because they don't want other countries to know what we're cooking up. Yeah. And, you know, some people say that at Wright Pat in a hangar, they saw like a flying saucer. Yeah. Like, like a, like a, like an operational one that right. could be flown. And, and people that. talk about that with but it, they, Nazi Germany. Yeah. They, they had flying saucers that and could, schematics. It could, could be a, a misinterpretation of what you saw. Right. Like, you know, you, if you see something that you've never seen before, the only thing that you can do is try to relate it to something that you already know. Right. And so I think a lot of times people say, oh, I saw this thing, but it's like- look looked like a UFO. It's because in your mind, that's the only way you can right. rationalize it is because you don't know what you're looking at. I look at it too this way, Andy, is that we have actual factual historical proof of uh, secret operations- Initiated by the government to spy, to <laughs> test, to drug. And, and let's not be, let's not lie here. The government did lie about Roswell. It yeah. Was, it was not just a weather balloon. No, it wasn't. It was a spying balloon. Yeah. <laughs> a big, giant, 600 foot tall spying balloon. long ass spying balloon. <laughs> that sounds like, no offense, a spying balloon sounds like fucking something stupid that you and I would come up with. <laughs> so, so uh, just a little. Gonna, you guys know balloons. You guys remember balloons? You guys go to the fair and get a balloon? All right, here's the thing. We're going to attach a camera and a microphone to the balloon, and we're going to send it over to the Russians. <laughs> so Project Mogul was part of this, uh, like, actual, like, a, a, a study that was being done at a university in New York uh, to, like, develop a a high-altitude balloon that would also be stable altitude. So, in other words, it doesn't keep, like, Right. Rising. It stays and at sinking. one. Like yeah. we'll stay at a, at a, uh, I'm joking, but that is cool technology. It's very cool. And it's difficult to do. And mogul was the like secret part of that project. So the high altitude balloon stuff wasn't a secret, but like mogul, they were putting microphones in a, like a specific type of microphone in the balloon with the plans to like float these over the Soviet union like in areas where they suspected there were nuclear tests. Right. And then the balloon would be able to like pick up the sound waves and they could like analyze it to determine if there was nuclear testing going on. Right. Um, the program only went for a couple of years because it was like wildly expensive to build. <laughs> to build and these. also the Soviets started developing us uh, like um, uh, needles. <laughs> yeah. And so they we're got, like, well, I countered our balloon tech. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeez, the number one foil to our balloon tech. Well, really, they found that- Birds the, with sharp beaks and needles. Oh, boy. A flock of geese? <laughs> yeah. That's what the Soviets <laughs> Who really would have thought that Stalin would have a flock of geese? <laughs> they started uh, tying uh, needles. Really pointy pencils 
<laughs> to the beaks of birds and said, fly that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Oh, Stalin. Um, but it, they found better techniques of detecting it after that anyway. So that project kind of got shelved. That weren't but balloons. The original mogul testing was done in the Northeast. But because of the winds in the Northeast, it was really difficult to get good test flights. So they moved the operations to the Southwest. So they were actually launching mogul balloons in New Mexico. So all the little pieces and stuff, like if you've ever seen the pictures, it's like a huge train and there's like different balloons and stuff before they went to the huge polyethylene balloons. Yeah. um, Because then it was a lot simpler, but like all this stuff sounds, sounds like a mogul balloon. The idea to me of also, uh, Like they had humans operating on these alien bodies attempting to keep them alive is very funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, there's one testimony. I don't know what this is. (laughs) There's one testimony of a guy whose dad worked at uh, Wright Pat or I think it was Wright Pat. uh, Anyway, an Air Force base. And he like confessed to his son as he was about to die um, that he had seen these alien bodies and that they had... They had done experiments on the bodies and they failed to keep the bodies alive. So they basically like captured living extraterrestrials is what his dad says. And then they died. That very well may be true, but. And June Crane says the bodies that came to Roswell, they were all dead. But what's interesting is that a lot of people say that gray aliens, June Crane says like bluish green was the color of the skin. Which we know could possibly be the Arcturians who are supposedly good aliens. Right. But we've also heard that they are much more ethereal types of beings right. that don't really have, that they're much more uh, consciousness-based and they're based in love. Right. So why would they be crashing on our planet? Mm, it's a fair question, Art. You know? They're um, much more advanced. They just uh, are part of the singularity. But, you know... I, I think these sorts of things happened a lot in those years because the military was doing much more um, tangible tests, like we said with the balloons. It was, yeah. it was it, the computers don't exist didn't exist in the way that they did now. They might have had technology that was, um, you know, they might have had technology that was uh, more advanced. But the point of the, what I'm trying to say is that. Nowadays, it's all about like it's computers, it's networks, it's bioengineering, it's sort of these things. It's less like we're going to launch a giant balloon into the sky and test whether we can hear people, right? Like, right. Um, so that's why I think you get much more UFO sightings back then. You don't really get a lot now. You might still get like lights and other weird things, but um, you're not getting like we, we haven't had a Another Roswell. I think that um, I think that communication is a lot better too. Yeah, I mean, it's like obviously the military learns from its mistakes when it causes an uproar. Yeah, if something happened and and a a piece of their tech fell from the sky, they would immediately have tracking and GPS locating on it. Yeah, they would have people who would know where it's at at all times. <laughs> yeah, and go to retrieve it. Because <laughs> uh, I think I think what I read is that that mogul balloon that crashed in. New Mexico, they had like, they lost it on the radar. Right. Like it's supposed to be able to track by radar, 
but because of the winds or something, like it got messed up and they couldn't track it. The people who were tracking it didn't have expertise to track it. Yeah. Because they had never done it before. <laughs> so it's like sometimes these things suffer from because it's so unusual. And also nobody uh, knows what to do with it. A clown was actually accidentally let loose and he filled it with too much helium. Yeah. And, so and hilarity ensued. The body they recovered was the clown. <laughs> ah, all these organs are shocking me. I'm trying to take out his funny bone. <laughs> this is one crazy operation. Oh, God, his bread basket. <laughs> Put his bread basket back. <laughs> He's got butterflies in his stomach. Oh, oh, literal butterflies. How come that guy didn't have a penis? The clown? The operation. Oh. Guy. <laughs> they need to make an adult version again. You know what game I had as a child? No. I'm sorry to go on this tangent, but no, it, okay. I just remembered this. I had a version of operation as a child, but instead of the um, uh, pear-shaped, um, large-hipped clown man that is on the regular uh, operation board. Yeah. It was an alien. Oh. I had an alien version as a kid. Wow. And I'm just remembering that now. Capitalizing on the alien autopsy. I think that was the name of the game. Yeah. It was, was alien autopsy. Yeah, there was a special on Fox in the mid-90s called Alien Autopsy, which was um, proven to be not a real, there was no actual autopsy of an extraterrestrial. Uh, I'm looking up, I'm trying to look up images of it. Oh my God, I just found it. Oh boy. This is a big day. Oh, I'm getting a... It's literally called Alien Autopsy Game. Alien Autopsy the Game. Uh, when I was a little kid. Uh, very cool game. Anyway, um, listeners, if you out there ever played Alien Autopsy, tweet at us. <laughs> we'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Hashtag Alien Autopsy the Game. Um, okay, so, Andy, uh, let's talk about this. So, right, Pat has all the makings of a perfect UFO conspiracy in my book. Absolutely, for sure. And much like Skyline Chili, it starts with the base. Some kind of military intelligence debris, which is like the spaghetti. Then you have the meat of it, the chili. All the hidden aircraft and the supposed secret hangar. Finally, the delicious cheese garnish on top. The secret tunnels. Yeah. (laughs) What about these secret... I'm telling you, Andy, it's not a fucking perfect UFO conspiracy unless there are secret tunnels. Man, does Fuck this, secret does this tunnels. sound like Denver International Airport? Or oh, what? you got to have secret tunnels. Uh, you got to have uh, like see, like a like a. You got to have like alien tech. You got to have like debris, you know. And then you got to have secret tunnels. Those are the three incre- key ingredients. Yeah, I mean, right, what do you make of these secret tunnels? The so at Wright Patterson. The tunnels are a little bit of a mystery. Obviously, Ray Szymanski says he's seen them. Yeah. Uh, Some people say that there's stories that there's... Students of Wright State University use these tunnels. Well... To walk in between classes when it's cold out. Wright Wright State is down the street from Wright Pat. So it's on land that was given to the university. Right. To the state of Ohio by... The Air Force, but they basically started from scratch when they built Wright State. Sure. So there weren't any buildings. The the like first building is kind of just in the middle of nowhere. 
And then they built another building. And so because they were like off the grid in a way, they had to like build a tunnel to support the, you know, electrical infrastructure between the two buildings. Right. And then gradually as the campus expanded, they got hooked onto the grid. So not everything's connected by tunnels, but now these tunnels are just open for people to walk through and it's like an accessibility thing. So that, you know, people who would otherwise have difficulty crossing campus in the winter weather. Now they don't have to, they can use the tunnels. Yeah. I mean, people get real hung up on secret tunnels and, um, Let's face it, there are a lot of legitimate reasons to have a tunnel underneath your thing. It's not always because you're keeping a secret. I like tunnels. Anytime in grade school where I was given a assignment to come up with something fantastical, like a dream house where you had unlimited funds to to create it, I always put fucking tunnels in that shit, man. (laughs) I always wanted to live in a giant hamster cage. Um, A hamster cage, huh? Lots of tunnels. Hmm. I was going to say like a giant molehill. You wanted to live under the earth. Tunnels. Tunnels. Tunnels and slides. Skyways, baby. Uh, but I, at, at right, Pat, I'll bet that there are tunnels. I'll wager there are tunnels because, you know, Cold War. Yeah. Fallout shelters. What we're in right now, a bunker. Yeah, exactly. So I bet there's tunnels. Is there a large cryogenic chamber, though, that's storing preserved bodies of extraterrestrials? Some people claim they have seen this at Wright Pat. There's a large vault and a huge, like, electrical superstructure dedicated to keeping these cryogenic chambers online uh, that hold these extraterrestrial bodies. Maybe. Probably not. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like, again, uh, these creatures are so advanced. Like, it's like, would cryostasis work on them? We don't know anything about their biology. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's one thing a lot about extraterrestrials that gets me is that, you know, like, depictions and stuff you see, they're, like, typically extraterrestrials are, like, bipedal. They're still humanoid. They're humanoid. Why would we assume that's true? Right. Maybe they developed in a different way. Do we way. have some indication that ours is the superior universal form? Yeah. That humanoid shape is the optimal shape for a, a creature with intelligence. Having hollow bones is, makes it a lot easier to fly. Yeah. Maybe their gravity's different and they need incredibly dense bones to the point where they're, they weigh almost as much as titanium. Well, and you know- I we, don't know if titanium is heavy. We live on a carbon-rich planet. Steel. Maybe they live on a silicone-rich planet. <laughs> Maybe these are and they have some big fucking breasts. Aliens. They just look like all the aliens look like kind of aging porn stars with botched surgeries. <laughs> oh, and nipples that point in different directions. <laughs> Lots of nipples. A whole body of nipples. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're making a good point, Andy. Is Thank I you. think <laughs> extraterrestrials are sexy. Uh no, is that uh yeah, like why can't they be gaseous? Why can't why can't they be liquid based? <laughs> like us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh no. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh god, I got another Roswell here. <laughs> oh. oh god. Uh, fly that Project Mogul balloon over me and see what it picks up. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. They, we don't know. Like we, they could be any form, right? right? Like who knows? I don't actually know. And maybe we'll do an ep. We, we hopefully one day will. If you want to hear it, listeners, let us know. An, an episode on the origin of these designs and these um, why they're called the Greys mm-hmm. and why they look mm-hmm. the way they do. You know, someone came up with that. Yeah. Um. And this, I think through you know, like popular culture that's been steadily refined oh yeah. till till now everybody has an idea of when you say extraterrestrial, like typically people's mind goes to the same thing. This green skin ovoid head, ovoid head, huge eyes, big eyes. Yep. Long hands and little suction cup fingers, maybe. Small bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no donger. No. No butt cheeks. Like very you know, anatomically incorrect. Why aren't they wearing, uh, where's their clothing? Where's, uh, you know? Yeah. A whole bunch of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. It's because we can only imagine things in the context of what already exists. Right. Right. Like even, even um, let's take something with a wide variety of like extraterrestrial life forms. Like the Star Wars franchise. Sure. Jar Jar Binks. Even that stuff. That's still, it's like, it's things, it's things that we can relate to. Yeah. George Lucas is not that creative. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> he's it's more true. creative than the Disney execs, but, but he's less creative than some other sci-fi. Right. Uh, you know. Uh, they created a huge number of races and things like yeah. that. But the Wookiees are just large dog people. They're still bipedal. Huts are just humongous slugs. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks is just like a weird, uh, slightly racist uh, lizard thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. The Gungans. <laughs> and for some reason, he's the only one that talks like that. Yeah. They all... <laughs> no, wait. They The rest of them do. They do? Yeah. Uh, I thought Boss... Is his name Boss Hoss or something? <laughs> yeah, Boss Hog. The he's big... like, Misa gonna <laughs> give you a... I'll Misa give you five Republican credits. Best I can do. <laughs> Boss Hoss the name of the guy from Pawn Stars? You're uh you're thinking of uh his name's Hoss. Uh, <laughs> Big Hoss. That's Corey. Yeah. The son. Rick's the dad. That's right, that's right. And uh old man is dead. Oh, that's right. And then Chum Lee, who I maybe is in jail. I think got arrested. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, all like a lot of the aliens there. Um. Yeah, uh, a lot of um, just kind of fantastical things that we would think of. These alien civilizations might have elements and matter that we can't even conceptualize in our pea brains. Yeah, and so they might, their form might be something that. We've never seen before on this planet. Yeah. A lot of the times we're just influenced by wildlife or things we see, you know? So it's like, who knows? We might not even be able to perceive them. Yeah. That is a great point, Andy. We may not have senses that can perceive them. I mean, one thing you have to remember is that our our senses can't possibly pick up everything. So it's possible that... Like, who knows, the way that light interacts with these beings, we may not even be able to, like, see them. We may not even be able to smell them, hear I, them. I want to say a quote from Sergio 
Toporek. Now, I'm not familiar with Sergio Toporek, but I'm reading this quote off of the Missing 411 subreddit. I read this today, and I think it totally gets at what we're... Mm -hmm. (laughs) It says this. Consider that you can see less than 1% of the electromagnetic spectrum and hear less than 1% of the acoustic spectrum. As you read this, you are traveling at 220 kilometers per second across the galaxy. 90% of the cells in your body carry their own microbial DNA that are not, quote-unquote, you. The atoms in your body are 99.9% repeating empty space, and none of them are the ones you were born with. But they all originated in the belly of a star. Human beings have 46 chromosomes, two less than the common potato. The existence of the rainbow depends on the conical photoreceptors in your eyes. To animals without cones, the rainbow doesn't exist. So you don't just look at a rainbow, you create it. This is pretty amazing, especially considering that all of the beautiful colors you see represent less than 1% the electromagnetic spectrum. Yes. Yes. Yes, queen. I I could not agree more with that quote. So like... We, like what if we? What if they exist and we can't even perceive them? What if they're here? What you I know, feel all this like stuff. there's a good chance. There's a like like a really good chance that that's true. Rainbows don't exist to dogs. Yeah, I think. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't know. They I see in black and white. That's the trope about dogs. But like, I mean, think about that. We 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 see the rainbow, right? Yet that's right. Like we there's so much of the electromagnetic spectrum that we don't ever see. Like you infrared, get, infrared. infrared. Ultraviolet. It's around you at all times. You can't see it. If there's <laughs> objects that only are seen in ultraviolet light, we can't see them. It's like when you turn on a black light and you see all the cum stains, uh, all the uh, uh, fruit juice stains. Imagine if we had ultraviolet light, what hotels would be like. <laughs> it would change everything. They'd have to clean it. You couldn't let the cum stains go. You'd be able to see yeah. them. People would be like, oh my God, this room is covered in cum. What we're trying to say, listeners, is aliens Every are like hotel cum stains. Is- Aliens are like cum stains. They're hiding in our socks. They're hiding in our sheets. They're hiding in our rags. They're hiding in the plastic bottles that Andy keeps in his fridge. The only way we're going to be able to find them is when we go into the linen closet and we can't unfold a washcloth. (laughs) That's the only way we're going to be able to find them. The only other way we're going to be able to find them is if we all end up on the MTV show Room Raiders. And one of those hotties that we all want to score a hot date with based on how our room looks is inspecting it with a black light. Yeah. Um, but I, I really I read that today and I instantly was like, holy fuck, that relates to Serendipity. aliens. We might not even be able to perceive these creatures. Yeah. So yes, it's plausible that they might exist. Highly plausible even. If they're so advanced that they can travel across the light the light years uh, to to get to us. Um, I think you're right. I'm just not convinced that we might even be able to sense them. It's naive, I think, it's naive. for us to think that that we would be able to that they that this would happen, that they would crash, and also naive of us to think that we would have the necessary perception to understand them. Or to like capture them. We 
have much more concrete Or proof. to reverse engineer their technology? <laughs> yeah. Operate on their organs and bodies and, like... That's assuming so fucking much, like yeah. that they have organs and bodies and fluids and uh, this is all a, this other shit. This is a real Occam's razor situation. Oh yeah, the most simple answer is that we have proof that the government spies on people and uh, countries spy on each other. We have proof that the government will lie to the public yeah. to keep these secrets. Yeah, we know that they're developing technology that's different than what we know because it's cutting edge we're seeing it happen before our very eyes right now with all the epstein shit like yeah it, it happens constantly we've covered mk ultra we've covered the family jewels document these should tell you all you need to know and it's like i get it i get it doesn't that all lead us to believe that like well of course they're covering up extraterrestrials i get it it's way more simple to say they're covering up stuff they're actually doing right instead of like some much wider conspiracy right let's it's just a simple conspiracy and to be honest if you subscribe to the thought that there is this uh worldwide government cover-up because they want to keep keep us under their thumb right they Mm -hmm, want to mm -hmm. you subscribe to this sort of uh, idea that the the man or the government is trying to suppress us and suppress free knowledge uh I mean, in a way, I, what what point am I trying to make? This started off so good. I know it did. And now I'm realizing that maybe my point isn't correct. Allowing us to know that, like, aliens exist would, I guess, kind of give us a, um, it would give us like a unifying factor. That's kind of what I've heard. In a so in a way, I guess I can see why they would suppress it, I think is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, and I think I think what a lot of like extraterrestrial believers would say is that it suddenly would make the factionalism that we have on this planet seem insignificant. And so that factionalism is key to the way that the world operates, right? You know, like world governments competing with each other. The competition is the thing that keeps things going the way that they go. Right. And if that all goes away, suddenly like the U S government has no power. The, the great British parliament has no power. Um, you know, people, people, the Jarl of Finland, the King of Denmark has no power. (laughs) Uh, very good. Every, every you know, people very say like, Andy. oh, people will stop. But I, to me, in a practical sense, we want to fuck them. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly where I was going. Alien sex. No, in a practical sense, we still live here. Like yeah. we still. I mean, it's only if they were to attack us, like Independence Day style, would we come together as like. Humans versus the aliens. There would probably be this moment of where like people would go, whoa. And then I think you'd just get back to your regular life. Because yeah. what are you going to do? Are they going to change things fundamentally? Yeah. Maybe. I think Futurama has a much more uh, practical outlook on the future. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, even as like a goofy comedy, that's what it's going to end up like. Like, yeah, it'll be a big deal. But then eventually um, time will go on. And there's a there's a great Futurama episode they're all great, the, those early seasons, but First one, four seasons. one in seasons particular one that talks about the uh, the moon landing. 
Oh yeah, the one where they like Fry is you know he he's just been unfrozen, so they go to the moon. He's all excited, but the moon is actually like this sort of Disneyland esque. It's a touristy amusement touristy park. Theme amusement park. So the rest of the like people aren't that excited, but Fry is like, oh my god, and then they sort of go on the. It's a small world after all slash Epcot kind of mm-hmm. ride. And Fry's like, this is not how it happened. And yeah. they're like, doesn't matter. This is how it was. This is what, how it happened to us. Like, you know, everybody who participated in that's dead for a long time. Right. Doesn't matter. Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think that's kind of what history will look like. It'll be like, well, yeah, I mean, a long time ago, we don't really know, but uh, human beings used to fight each other based on their race and religion. But, uh, you know, what's really <laughs> nowadays is it's the Blorgons <laughs> who like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> do you do you remember that um, the South Park, um, all Art and I watch our cartoons, by the way. I love cartoons. Um, that South Park. Like, there's nothing wrong with cartoons either. Can I go on a little bit of a rant here real yeah, quick? Please. I know you're about to make a point, but no, there's nothing wrong with fucking cartoons. There's nothing you know, wrong when with I was fucking growing cartoons? up, there's nothing wrong with fucking them. There's nothing wrong with hentai. There's nothing wrong with them. Cartoons are great. That's all I want to say. There's some really, like, people really hate on cartoons, but there are some really awesome cartoons that are still even being made today. And I encourage everyone who is listening to this to go check out Gravity Falls, to go check up We Bear Bears. There's another great one that's out right now. Um, regular Show was really good. These are all actually a couple years old. <laughs> At this point, I don't have my my finger on the pulse of what's hot right now with the young young crowd as far as cartoons are concerned. But uh, anyway, continue. Andy. I wasn't allowed. Never. <laughs> Art was in a cartoonless uh, relationship with his family as a child. I just think that they always thought of them as childish things that, that were unintelligent and stupid uh, and that I shouldn't be watching them because it would rot. It's like that's what would rot your brain. Which I think is it's the exact opposite. Like I, I remember, I wasn't allowed to watch uh, a certain episode of Rocco's Modern Life because Rocco s- sees something shocking, and uh, his eyes bulge out of his skull, and his brain pops out of his head, and his head kind of unscrews. That's very, very uh, Rocco. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to. Uh, Ren and Stimpy was looked down upon. Juxtapose though, you weren't allowed to watch cartoons. What's one dumb thing you were allowed to watch? Like one thing that had absolutely no educational value. I still watched a ton of cartoons. Oh. Um so you just disobeyed your your parents. No, it's not like they didn't want me watching cartoons. It's just like they would see certain ones. I was I was a latchkey kid and I was usually left unattended. Oh. Most of my life, which explains a lot. Um This is why he doesn't need people now. Yeah. Um, I can't, th- I can't really think of any of them as a complete drivel because I loved so many of, I really, I was born during a very strong cartoon renaissance, Dexter's Lab, Ed, Ed and Eddie, SpongeBob, um, even my family loved SpongeBob. SpongeBob was loved by all. Anyway, Andy, what were you saying about South Park? Do you remember they did that, uh, multi-parter, which is like a hallmark of now, like, later seasons of South Park multi-part episodes uh, where Cartman is trying to get a Wii. Yes. And he freezes himself and travels forward in time. The time where it's the, the scientists the time versus child. the otters versus the... 
the ASA versus the the, the American Science Alliance versus like or not the American the but. atheist yes <laughs> yeah it's allied, like they're all allied atheist alliance right because it has three A's they're they're all atheists but they're still fighting with each other based on who has the correct interpretation of atheism right <laughs> and then then uh, we want to crack oysters on our tummies <laughs> well you know there's the that honors. moment where Cartman calls Mrs. Garrison from the future. And, um, <laughs> yeah, um, Richard Dawkins. Yeah. He, she, I almost ha- said Richard Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Host different. of the family feud. Yeah. Uh, Richard Dawkins picks up and like breaks up with Mrs. Garrison and it changes the future. Uh, and then, you know, they have that thing where it's like, you know, oh no, you know, Cartman's like, I don't know she's still fighting about atheism. And they're like, oh, no, we've given up all isms in our time. Right. We're all just one people now. And then he's like, so there's no war? And they're like, no. Does <laughs> the stupid French Chinese think they can have, have a right to Hawaii? <laughs> and it's like, that's what I think would happen with extraterrestrials. Like, We might get rid of a lot of like, we might break down a lot of the like, uh, like, l- like div- divisions in our like thought and stuff. That are relevant to us now. But like where people live and like our cultural groupings and stuff. That won't change. Yeah. So I I still I still think that, you know, governments will have a place because factionalism will still exist. Yeah. I think we are fundamentally a factional pack type creature. Yeah. Um it's I mean that's just what it when it comes down to it that's like the the fight or flight syndrome. We just we have that. Yeah. It's it's embedded in our monkey brains. It's 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 beyond time. We're, there's certain primal things in us that we just can't. We just won't fucking drop. As comedians, <laughs> uh, a weird point, but I'm gonna make it. Uh, I think that as comedians, a lot of times comedians get in trouble for making jokes, and I'm of the thought that. You can make fun of almost anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to understand that there's consequences. So, for example, Anthony Jeselnik, a great stand-up comedian, makes a lot of very dark humor jokes. He'll joke about national tragedies. He'll joke about rape. He'll joke about lots of terrible stuff. He knows the consequences of doing that, and he doesn't care. Right. He does it in a tasteful way. That's an arguable point, but from a comedian's perspective, he does it tastefully. He's not just making racist statements or making whatever and just disguise it and saying it's a joke get it and it's like no there's sets up there's set there's setups and punchlines to his his whole act um but he under, there's consequences for it right and he understands his audience you should not be going to his shows if you're easily offended that's your mm-hmm. fault anyway one of the things i think that i mean is tough to make fun of from a comedian's standpoint, and I don't just, I think you should just shy away from it, is making fun of someone else's family. Because I think that no matter how chill you are with comedy and 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 jokes and stuff, I still think that there's a part of that lizard brain that is inside all of us that's just going to make you say like, well, that's my tribe. Like, what do you, like, you can't make, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you it. what I'm getting at? Like, very rarely are you ever going to be able to get away with that and like mm-hmm. ha- 
have it be okay. I'd put it up there with like making a very, you know, like a, a rape joke or a tragedy joke or um, something like that, you know. I'd say it's it's difficult to pull off tastefully. I'll agree with that. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> you know, kind of goes back to our. You know, my one of my favorite Anthony Jeselnik jokes is. Oh, uh, what's that? Um, do you remember the Comedy Central roast of Roseanne? Which has, I, which I haven't seen for a while. Undoubtedly, it's aged very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that he worked on a ton of those roasts, but uh, I don't, I don't recall seeing that one. Uh, he told a joke. I don't think they played it a lot during that roast, where he said um, that during that she that Roseanne was like difficult to work with. That during the the taping of Roseanne episodes, she had the cast and the crew walking on eggshells because she wouldn't stop eating eggs. <laughs> That's a great joke. <laughs> It feels like a joke you and I could write. Yeah, right? Uh, it speaks to me. Um, all right, I have a question for you. Yeah, hit me with that question. Um, this doesn't have to be from a comedian's perspective, just from your perspective as a human. Oh, no. Um, think about a time when you had a secret and you actively worked to conceal this secret. What what are the greatest lengths you've gone to to keep a secret? What's like the most extreme thing you've done to keep <sighs> a secret? Straight up lie to someone's face. <laughs> you know, that sounds pretty simple, but honestly, lying to a person's face is pretty extreme. It's hard because your body has natural tendencies that it does when it lies. Mm-hmm. You don't look people in the eyes. You get flushed you, you know you, you stammer you can't say things confidently uh it's difficult yeah. now you and i come from like acting backgrounds as well and you know it, you know it, it can be difficult acting is different than lying you and, and, and because you don't because you yes. you are you're basically like doing an impersonation of a character but and good actors are always playing a little bit of themselves in everything that they do, and that's why right they they bring it back to themselves right. in a way to help you relate to the but character. But like when you're when you're lying, you're being yourself, but you're literally just saying something that's you know isn't true <laughs> you know to what? another person and trying to get them to believe it. Uh, not to turn this into a therapy session, but uh, <laughs> I saw something really funny on Twitter or the other day that was like. People think that strict parents teaches their children um, like how to be, I don't know, like to be good and stuff. But then he was like, what it actually teaches is how to be nervous for foot, how to listen for footsteps really well, how to uh, lie really yeah. well, how to um, be nervous and like have social anxiety really well, you know? Yeah. And I was like, that is so true. I, <laughs> as someone who grew up in a, somewhat of a strict household, you learn how to fucking like, and that and that's maybe that's the best it example. Was deception. Learning how to lie to my parents yeah. about grades, schoolwork, you know, things I did. Um, luckily for them, I was um, a pretty well-behaved kid who was. I didn't get to any trouble, but the most I would do would be like, oh, I was playing video games when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> like, oh man, what a bad kid. Right. <laughs> but. Um, 
I think that it, it, nothing crazy. I didn't have any like crazy. See, it would just be like, oh, somebody, somebody told me a piece of gossip about someone else in our friend group, and then that friend asks me, you know, what did so and so say, and I have to kind of make a choice, like. Am I going to tell this person? Like, is this information that they need to know? <laughs> Luckily for them, I also have a bad memory and I end up forgetting things. So I'm a pretty loyal secret haver. I got to be honest, Art. I was expecting you to come up with some like wild kind <laughs> of like um, scheme that no. you conducted. But I have to be honest with you. I actually, though I didn't expect it, I like the answer a lot of lying directly to somebody because when you think about it, what's more, what's, what's worse, like an elaborate scheme to hide something like where you never actually have to lie to a person or just like coming right out and just lying to the, in the face. Lies are, you got to really like, as someone who learned to lie quite a bit coming from that strict household. They're hard to cover up, man, because they fucking they come back yeah. in ways you will never expect. Yep. So you better fucking make sure that it is so airtight, butthole tight. Yeah. Puckered, completely sphinkered shut. Sphinkered shut. Sphinkered shut. That lie has to be sphinkered shut. Yeah. Because it will come back. Oh, it will absolutely come back. In ways you don't fucking realize you will be caught in a lie. Like, and I'm not even talking like big lies, like you know, you're cheating. Like think about all the stories you read about cheating spouses. Like it just, it breaking bad. There's a great show about a lie. Did you ever do something like where, like when you were a teenager, like you're lying to two people simultaneously through like an instant messenger app, like through AOL. Uh, And then unbeknownst to you, they're like having a conversation also. And you like are immediately caught in your lie. Maybe that happened to me. But I can't recall uh, it happening at all. It'd be I, like, oh, if, if a friend asked me to to do something like like over the weekend and I was like, I don't want to. And then somebody else asked me and I was like, oh, I'll do that, though. And I would like make up an excuse. You to know what? Do one thing. And then I would tell the other person that I could do it. And then they would talk. They would ask each other about the thing. And they'd be like, oh, well, Andy can't go. And it's like, oh, no, he said he would. You saying <laughs> that. Like, oh, and then I have to be like, did that oh, happen no. to you? Oh, no, that was the thing I meant. That's why I wasn't available. <laughs> I I had a lot of like good excuses that I could pull there. I'd be like, oh, I can't hang out. But now you bringing that up. Um, yeah, we had like two different. We had like a large friend group, but then we also had like, you know, you splinter off a little bit and one of the friend groups splintered off and I was a part of it. And then unbeknownst. So unbeknownst to me, other people in that group that I was with had told another group who were like, Hey, are you guys hanging out tonight? And the group was like, Oh no, like so-and-so's busy. Like we're not. So unbeknownst to us, that group actually like came to the house that we were hanging at just because like they were just in the neighborhood walking around. They're like, Oh, we'll drop in on like Joe's house, you know, and we'll see if Joe's around and he wants to hang out. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know that we were all in the basement hanging out without them. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> then they like we got found out and that, <laughs> that caused a big riff and a bit yeah. of drama. So but I actually had nothing to do. I was just like, oh, this is where everyone's hanging out. Tonight. I didn't know. See, this is why I think the incentive is on the government to <laughs> only hide stuff that they're actually doing rather than yeah. something like extra. Because if they're lying about that, like 
who is to stop an extraterrestrial spaceship from crashing in, I don't know, Iran or North Korea? Yeah, they have and then no Iran way to or control North Korea that. could be like, ha, 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 you lying <laughs> pigs. <laughs> like, you know, like they would, that would be a big yeah. like, blunder for us because yeah. like, oh, we, oh, we, we knew all along. Aha. Like, nope, you didn't. Iran got it first. Like, yeah. Now that's it. They have the Stargate. Um, like, I mean, I think the political aspect of it, you know, I don't think that would be the savviest move. I think they'd want to be up front and be like, yes, we captured extraterrestrial bodies. We have all the secrets. We aren't going to reveal anything. Yeah, I mean, that could be a big power play. Um, That's like going to the G8 and just being in a bathing suit, eating a raw steak. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to think, if I mean, if if there were aliens, you know, I feel like Trump would pull that card. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know other political candidates. I know Bernie's saying he's going to (laughs) reveal what's at Area 51 if he gets elected. Yeah, he's going to do it on the Joe Rogan podcast, which is like, sure, you know, why not? You know what? I'll say it. I'll say it right here. Like, this is not a political podcast, and I don't want to get too political, but that claim, bullshit. Like, (laughs) bullshit. He's not going to. oh yeah he's gonna reveal oh yeah here's all the secret technological things they've been testing at area 51 yeah uh here you go anybody who's like if jimmy carter didn't do it like right uh, no no presidential candidate is gonna do it he's not gonna do it he's gonna be like oh they don't have anything it's like okay you liar (laughs) you lying old dirtbag whoa (laughs) yikes only because of the lie he lied to our faces just because of the lie um, he's old no matter what he is old I mean there's no denying that <laughs> uh, anyway Our, Andy we is there any we gotta we gotta wrap up and get to our verdicts here. One, one more quick question oh okay me. let's get to these questions because I think that this will inform um, you want to expose more about my past as a fucking lying sack of shit <laughs> if you were going to name a and, whole, a, and you're gonna what are you trying to develop here some kind of uh, meme on this fucking podcast that I I'm want, a sociopath? This is this que- next question is purely for generation I of hashtags. I just lie to people's faces. No, no, faces. no. This next question is just for generation of hashtags. And that's all I'm interested in at this point. If you were going to name a hilarious military operation, what would you call it? I want to know. Um, we got Lusty. We got Moondust. Uh, moon operation a- Donger. <laughs> digging on, digging on, uh, digging on, <laughs> um, never touched hyphen, uh, ground earth rescue. <laughs> wow. And you made it an acronym. <laughs> I'm impressed. Operation Donger. Operation Donger. <laughs> Wait, what's the purpose of Operation Donger? Digging? Yeah, they're digging to the core of the earth. <laughs> Center of the earth. Soil that's never been uncovered, and they're trying to rescue. Uh, Gonna get them crystals. Yeah. Or maybe the earth's hollow. Maybe. Hmm? What about Listeners? you, Andy? What's your... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. It's a good um, question. I think I would call it Operation Saliva. <laughs> the, uh, the hard rock band? Saving Advanced Lives Life Initiative 
<laughs> very awesome. Very, <laughs> very awesome. <laughs> That's a great question, Andy. <laughs> What's a great hashtag if listeners have their own secret government operation that they want us to know about? Uh, yeah, tell us what you would name your secret operation. Uh, use the hashtag. Um, hashtag. My secret ops. Hashtag my secret ops. Let us know on Twitter or via email at Mr. Bunker Pod uh, at Gmail and at Mr. Bunker Pod at Twitter dot com. Uh, Andy, is it time for verdicts? I think it's time anything to, else? I think it's time for us to issue okay. a verdict. I think. Um, Art, go ahead. I will go first. Um, so I, I'm going to say, you know, I've said it before. I think the existence of extraterrestrial life highly plausible. Um, I, you know, I might even go even higher. Like, I'm almost pretty close to case closed. I just like with that quote I just read. We're so insignificant. There's just no fucking way we're the only things in this vast universe. You know, extraterrestrials could exist. Maybe we can't see them. Maybe they're here flying around in our very existence and they just are part of a color spectrum that we don't understand or know about yet. Um, so I think for aliens, uh, I'm going to go highly plausible for right pat harboring alien tech, alien bodies, um, I'm going to go, I'm not going to go case closed. I'm going to go plausible smidge. Ooh, Maybe okay. plausible molecule, which is a little bit below <laughs> a little plausible less smidge. smidge. Um, I do, I think more, I think highly plausible. This is actually government spying tech. This was government spying tech. These were. Um, pieces of government equipment that they used to spy on the Soviets, on us. Uh, you know, any of this stuff is just secret military technology that they don't want other countries to know about so that in the event that those countries try and um, squirrel tap us in the great uh, locker room prank that is um, foreign politics, um yeah, foreign politics is basically like that movie Porky's. Yeah. For those of you not familiar, squirrel tapping is when you try to, um, uh, you know, you try and smack someone's balls from under them. <laughs> it's a fun locker room. I've never heard that. You didn't call it squirrel tapping? I, I've never done it. You tap someone's nutsack. Oh, okay. Just give them a little jolt. Yeah. And that's what I feel like foreign politics is in this great locker room, boys locker room <laughs> in gym class that we call life. Um, highly plausible that this is just uh, secret military tech. Um, you know, that being said, there's still UFOs. UFO stands for unidentified flying object. You're not wrong in saying that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's aliens. Yeah. So that's what I think. Um, I don't know if I covered all the topics, but no, we I didn't really talk about the ghosts, but that's okay. Uh, eh, I, there's no ghosts. <laughs> Yeah, we're saying case closed. There's no such thing as ghosts. Plausible molecule for ghosts. I'm going to say case closed. There's no such thing as ghosts. I think I'm going to echo what you said, though. Wow. I mean, does extraterrestrial life exist? Case closed. It wow. Absolutely exists. Does intelligent extraterrestrial life exist? I'm also going to say case closed. Wow. I think that it's 
super likely that um, extraterrestrials who are intelligent exist out in the universe. We just can't perceive them. We haven't seen them yet. Um, you know, when we talked about uh, the Kardashev scale in um, uh, a previous episode, we we mentioned that like a civilization with capabilities could get to a point where we wouldn't be able to separate their workings from the workings of nature in a way. I mean, I'm not suggesting that those civilizations absolutely exist, but I'm just saying like there's a level of technology that we don't understand. Uh, and it's hard for me to say that there's plausibility that um, those things that they're not out there, that we're totally alone. So I'm going to say case closed. Um, does Wright Pat have a cryogenic chamber stuffed with extraterrestrial bodies and is there alien tech around? I agree with you. Plausible smidge. <laughs> I'm going to go with smidge. Um, you know, I'm not going to shut it down completely because I do think that it's a certainty that extraterrestrial life exists. But, you know, the idea that we'd be able to capture alien technology and that we'd be easily, I mean, not easily, but that we'd be able with our technical understanding to re-engineer it. I mean, it just doesn't seem plausible to me. And I always get back to this uh, Occam's razor principle with this. What's more likely that we're covering up this extraterrestrial conspiracy or that we're just covering up the stuff that our government's already doing? Right. The we stuff have, we already have proof of. We already have a we know we have a deceitful government. We know that they're willing to cover their own tracks. I think it's just way more likely that it's just routine like military technology. And you know what? I'm saying I understand why they do it, too, uh, for a national security purpose. Sure. I mean, no, it's not cool being lied to, but I get it. You yeah. know, I get it. So I'm saying plausible smidge on the alien stuff. Wow. Um, we're saying case closed on the ghosts, uh, the tunnels. Yeah, you know, I think plausible smidge did a bunch of tunnels down <laughs> You know, it's probably way more likely that it's they drive car, golf carts full of stuff back and forth like they yeah. do at Denver International. Like, right. And it's a practical purpose. It's not some, uh, you know, secret world government initiative. Right. Um, well, plausible smidge. Plausible smidge. So lots of plausibles across the board here today uh, in the bunker. Listeners, um, let us know what you think. Uh, tweet at us or email us. Let us know your thoughts on Wright uh, Patterson Air Force Base. Use the hashtag. You're right. Patterson Air Force Base. <laughs> then with the three characters you have left <laughs> in your tweet, let us know what you think. Um. Wow. Well, that was a fun one today, Andy. We haven't Boy. done a good alien topic. Good in a old while. fashioned extraterrestrial. Extraterrestrials. Um. You know, Andy. Uh, that's all I got. I got nothing else to say. Yeah, um, we covered it. We did it. Uh, you got anything else? Um, I just want to say. Um, I think that it's I think it's great that there's been some um discussion about getting NASA more funding. I think that um human civilization needs to start exploring space more. I think that's our Space is cool. That's we've we're going to kill this planet and we're going to have to have to go somewhere else. <laughs> kill that so. too. We got we got more plants to kill. We got 
Humans have so many more planets to kill. Let's get on it. Let's not let the extraterrestrials come to us. Let's be the extraterrestrials. It's our chance to go to underdeveloped worlds and be the ancient astronauts. <laughs> you hear to hear her. Sorry, my brain turned off. You hear to hear first, folks. Anyway, let's wrap it up here. This is uh, for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my luminary. Oh, co-host Andy Hart. I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker phone home. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.